0: Welcome back, everyone. This is the Mind Body Mentor Podcast. My name is Steven Jaggers, and I am your host. On this podcast, we pick apart the potent and powerful patterns of masters in the realms of mind and body. And on today's episode, I interview Stefanos. Uh, what a powerful brother he is. We met back at Sacred Sons this last October, and man, I've learned so much from this brother this conversation was incredibly powerful for me. I got to ask him some questions as I as I look up to this brother in the men's work space, in the relationship space. And the question that I've been coming to lately is, you know, we have these men's circles and we have these women's circles, but at what point do we bring them together? At one point do we integrate? You know, I think we're creating enough separation as it is. And at some point, we're doing this work so that we can come back together. And uh, I, th- I thought we got to some some really good uh, downloads for that. Uh, be aware that uh, my next somatic release breathwork facilitator training is sold out. June 3rd through the 6th. We got an amazing squad in there, Um, but this round will be filmed and it will be turned into an online course for those that have reached out to me and just can't make it here in Phoenix in person. Uh, So I'm creating that offering for you guys. Uh, Also be, you know, on the lookout, there will be more trainings this year. I'm looking at late July or August and yeah, yeah, uh, as always, this podcast is sponsored by uh, my good brother's uh, brand, Organifi. Use code MINDBODYMENTOR for 15% off. You know, I'm literally drinking some of their uh, uh, chocolate protein powder right now. You know, It comes with um, digestive enzymes that I don't think are found in a lot of other protein powders. You know, I do the gold every night for sleep, the red before I work out, the green first thing in the morning to alkalize my system. It's so powerful. Also, this podcast is sponsored by Vivo Barefoot, the only shoes that I wear, besides maybe when I'm playing basketball, but (laughs) that's about it. Those are my my favorite shoes, and I was wearing them long before they sponsored the podcast. Uh, If you want 10% off Vivo Barefoot, use the code AJBARE. At checkout. And without further ado, here is the podcast with Stefanos. All right. I am here with Stefanos. Such a pleasure having you on the Mind Body Mentor podcast, brother. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, man. Great to be here.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I've been a big fan of your work. Um, it's helped so much in my relationship and just the content that you continue to create. And besides that just meeting you at Sacred Sons was was such a pleasure to see you in your power and in your service showing up for just so many men.
1: Thanks man, I appreciate that. Yeah, it was a it was a good time.
0: Absolutely. So, when did you start delving into men's work specifically?
1: Uh, well, that's, that's a good question. Specifically, it would have been about about six years ago, seven years ago, and was in the relational space and and psychology space, you know, counseling, um, behavioral science, that that arena, essentially personal development, but specifically moving into men's work probably about six years ago. And that really came from my own exploration of self, my own unwinding, um, Mm. my own deconstruction, fragmentation of self, um, specifically what is my place in this world and who am I being? What is the essence of my own sense of masculinity and my own maleness? And really started exploring that deeply, And that came off the back of a very painful breakup in relationship where I was very much out of integrity in that relationship. And there was a great deal of infidelity and, and shadow-like behavior that just mm. be continuing for most of my life. And that was the the straw that broke the camel's back. And, Really from there, that were, they were the foundations that were laid that allowed me to explore men's work specifically um, and our role in society, not only to the greater collective and community, but also to ourselves. And then and from there, I, I started creating models um, for men's work and frameworks um, and really, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants before me as well. Um, but that was where it really started for me.
0: Mm. Absolutely, brother. So it was, it was really interesting, um, seeing you at sacred sons and then not only like a week or I I'd say the, the Monday or Tuesday after I was in Sedona working with a group of women called millionaire mommies. And I did some breath work with them. And I realized that, or they said the day before, um, the day before you were actually there working with them too and i just yes. wondered like how did that fluctuate from you know working with men specifically to then working with all women and do you feel mm-hmm. like because i have my own feelings that was the first time i actually worked with a, uh, a full group of women specifically and it was so funny because they, I knew they wanted to do somatic release breath work with me. Um, I got there and, uh, 15 minutes before I got there, they were like, okay, we want to do a womb healing session. And I was like, oh shit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) well I'm a guy. So (laughs) I was like, okay, well I have a metaphysical womb perhaps, you know, I birth businesses or I, I, I birth other things into life. And, um, so I really had to just throw something together and and hold that space. And it ended up being an incredibly powerful session with them just to have that safe space held by the masculine, Mm. um, for that, you know, womb specific healing, um, session. But I'm just curious, how do you fluctuate like mindsets when you're going from working with, you know, deeply into the men's work into working with all women do you prefer one uh do you prefer one of the other i know you work in relationships as well too Mm. what's the what's the differences
1: i don't have a preference um they both uh well not both but all all three relationships men's work and women's work specifically um have their own interesting um interesting points to work with right and to journey with i don't have a preference they're all beautiful and they're all they're all deeply revealing in their own unique ways um there is a shift generally that does come when i'm working with couples if i'm working specifically with women or if i'm working with men and it also depends on the background the group so for example if i'm working with a, a squad of uh, elite soldiers like a spec ops guys and we're doing mindset work or we're doing Um, uh, trauma recovery work or ptsi integration back into society that can be very different to working with um, uh, men that have experienced gang violence or severe sexual abuse growing up just a a group of men the numbers also uh, make a difference is is that you know a few men, five or 10, or is it a hundred or a couple of hundred men? Uh, what, what the objective is as well, you know, are we, are we looking for a transcendental experience? Are we looking for bonding and communication, connection, intimacy? Are we looking for all of the above and more? It really depends, right? And so the, there's subgroups within men's work as well, generally though, I will come um, to men's work and to working specifically with women with a different posturing you know, generally speaking, this is very much a generalisation. Um, mm-hmm. So many females have been wounded by men or by the masculine, mm-hmm. and so th- there needs to be a a more articulate and and gentle and very safe and stable and steady approach that's taken, um, inclusive of how I communicate non-verbally and verbally um, to those to those individuals and to the group. And also, again, what are, we, what are we moving through? Often in women's work, th- the biggest part of it is being a very safe space and being in integrity and demonstrating what healthy masculine posturing looks like. And safety is the healing. This is the important thing we have to understand. No matter who we're working with, whether I'm working with couples or men or women, safety is the healing. And so providing um, uh, physical safety, providing emotional safety, providing a place where there is no judgment, there is deep compassion, uh, providing a space where I'm not triggered by their stuff means that I have to do my own work. So I'm not even unconsciously being triggered by the dense, sometimes information or stories or pain or emotion or whatever's being presented in the body somatically or, or spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, et cetera. I'm not triggered by that so that they're, their neuroception unconsciously isn't interpreting that I'm not a safe space. I can't handle the big stuff that they've got because often in trauma release, they're, they're, we have to regulate the body. We have to regulate the physiology, biochemically, hormonally, uh, um, neurologically, our nervous systems in order to be able to work with and move that trauma through and complete the cycle, or complete the loop of, of broken trauma often. And so it's all about safety and how I do that. So, yes, there are differences and fundamentally sometimes there's not. And often there's a combination of both, of how I treat these different groups and subgroups.
0: Mm, Well said, brother. Well said. Yeah, I think the fundamental – the. The fundamental thing overall is safety and creating that safe container, one hundred percent, to allow people to express whatever needs to express out of their, you know, psychosomatic vessel, in whichever way. You know, I've had a few people. You know, I'm part of uh, a local men's group here. I run it. Um, uh, I participate in it with Andrew. I think you know Andrew uh, through Sacred Sons. I've had some other uh women's group women's groups come to me specifically and they ask, and they've asked me do you think we can come together and do this work together like can we hold circles where we go through our shit together and I've had to sit with that quite a bit and I don't know if there's a right answer for that I don't know if it's if if that's a place where Um, we can do that sort of work together because I think that fundamentally when you have men and women together, there's more, (laughs) there's more judgment. There may be sexual tension, maybe, especially if there's relationship stuff there too, or like, you know, people are together. Maybe if people don't feel safe to actually say their truth in front of their partner, um, But what is your, I'm curious what your opinion is uh, uh, actually doing that shadow work together. like,
1: Mm. Well, it's where we need to go as a humanity. It's where we need to go as a collective. Um, I'm an absolute yes to it and it's circumstantial. And what I mean by that is that some people are not ready for that level of deep work because you're right, it's very confronting, but avoiding the difficulty and avoiding the challenge and avoiding the confrontation is only going to get us more of what we've already got, which is separation and disconnection. Absolutely. And so, you know, in part, obviously there's a great deal of, of wholeness in the world as well, and connection and intimacy that we share as a collective. Um, and there's disharmony and disparateness to our societies as well. And so Co-ed work or men's and women's work or combining that you know, human work, essentially, yeah, human is work. very integral to, I don't think, only the, the um, thriving of our species um, and our collective consciousness, but the um, survival of our species. Now, what needs to happen is we need more men's work, but we also need more women's work. And it needs to be women's work in probably a little bit of a different way, but we need more men's work because it's not that we have to catch up. It's that we have to be able to, men haven't had an outlet for a very long time to express their demons, their darkness, their shadows, their pains, their fears, their traumas, all of that. And doing that in a co-ed environment, it can be a lot for um, the feminine or the, and or the female nervous system to handle and hold. Um, And so we have to do our men's work with other men and be surrounded in that space and release much of that to bring ourselves to a baseline. And so when we're with each other, we're not intimidating each other and we can hold for each other and it's going to get uncomfortable. There's going to be a great deal of discomfort at times and challenges in our connection and in our communion together. And that is part of the work, but we have to get to a baseline because if we over project, And if we are forceful with our expression, it's probably going to re-trigger a great deal of collective trauma that the feminine and um, females have faced over hundreds of years, thousands of years um, from the masculine, from men and the the damage that men have done to themselves during this process. And so there has to be a combination still of this individualized work, um, men's work, women's work, and then coming together and, It is very much an uh, an independent subjective choice with respect to what groups come together, but it's necessary. We need, we need to do this work. It has to happen, but we have to get to a point um, as individuals, men and women, and however you identify with, it's completely irrelevant. You being a human sentient being, we have to get to a point where we can hold um, the shadow of others by holding our own. That means we have to do our own internal work. We have to not rid ourselves of judgments and fears and pains and traumas. But we have to have healthy coping strategies for ourselves. We have to be able to regulate ourselves. So when someone brings accusations to us or pains to us or fears to us or projects on, projects on us or vomits on us or is just telling us their truth, we're not getting triggered. We're not taking it personally per se. We're not then coming back in defensiveness and stonewalling or aggressiveness or whatever the, the unhealthy coping strategy or coping mechanism may be, the maladaptive coping strategy that once worked for us. but doesn't really work when we're trying to create attempting to create harmony in relationship we have to do our inner work to be able to do that and until that happens we're going to struggle to come together um as as couples and as men and women um and as a united species and and that you know i'm speaking to a greater philosophical collective construct here but we're starting with the micro which is you know men's groups small men's groups and small women's groups coming together on a regular basis, sharing, going through process, going through ritual and ceremony and all of that, that is needs to happen now. Um, and we have to really be collectively mindful of how we go about doing that.
0: Yeah. We need to get to a baseline. Um, yeah. That's, I absolutely agree. And I'm, I've just been sitting at what point in time, because, collectively, I think we know, you know, there's these pop-ups of, of people, you know, of men doing men's work of women's doing women's work. And then at what point do we integrate back in? Do you think that there is a, like a telltale sign of, of when groups are perhaps ready to be doing that? I know you just said, uh, you develop a, a certain, um, responsibility, Instead of reactivity, where you're not necessarily reacting to those triggers, those um, expressions, those uh, shadow expressions, perhaps you're able to, you know, remain um, in that place of alignment, that place of neutrality and that ability to hold space and become responsible or our ability to respond. Um, But at what point do we come back together? Because I just i don 't know if there, there's a, a right answer for that
1: well there's not necessarily a right answer there's not necessarily an objective metric that brings us into that Some of it's trial and error part of it is what I mentioned earlier about self responsibility and and self ownership of self and and just having um, a very deep ref- taking a very deep reflection and saying, okay am I ready for this? Am I ready for um, this woman to to unload or express her fears and her pains at me as the representation of the collective masculine because she was sexually abused um, over and over again by different men. And am I, am I going to be able to hold that? Is it something I want to do? Is it something I should do? Is it something I can do? These these are questions we have to ask ourselves, right? As an example, is, is is as a female, is she ready to receive the sometimes trauma and the pain of the, um, the abuse and neglect and the enmeshment that a male receive, received from his mother, as an example, and the scorn of that, and that he is going to have that animosity and bring that into the container. Is she, is she ready to hold that, like and and how is she ready to also set healthy boundaries with respect to what that looks like who's who's the mediator who 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 are the leaders of the group and if it's co-led where every single individual is a leader then what does that look like these are individual decisions that the groups need to make but avoiding the conversations is not healthy and avoiding the conversations is not going to bring us more momentum into the areas of life and evolution and growth that we actually want and you know the expansiveness of consciousness and coming to, be, to together and and feeling safer within um our own sexuality and our merging sexuality and our emotionality and our past our present our future and all of that and so these conversations need to be had and we just have to get honest and say okay maybe we're not ready for this right now maybe i'm not ready for this right now and that's okay i'm going to keep doing my work until i feel i am ready for that And sometimes we're going to trial and error it and it's going to be really intense. And it's very important that we have mediators and, and that are in the group or people that are in the group that can hold space that you know again holding space the definition of holding space isn't sitting upright and chanting although that could be part of it holding space is I can be here and not be triggered I can hold your your intentions your 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 pain your intensity your fears your joy all of that and I'm not going to be triggered and I can hold that and I can be more of a neutral space holder in this in this um, interaction and we're going to need many of those types Types of people—people people that aren't fearful to go there and hold that, and and keep—I don't want to say pushing the edges, but taking ourselves and taking each other to the edge, but in a safe way, not in a in a nonchalant way or or a, an aggressive way or an arrogant way because they want to test how good their mediation or coaching or space holding skills are. Like we've got to be careful we don't fall into that egoic trap as well, right? Yeah. But th- these there's so many factors that influence the question that you're asking. Yeah. And it's going to come down to the individuals involved.
0: Yeah, it's always a byproduct of our own self inquiry practice and our own yes. ability to figure out where we we are at. and i I think that as a collective, um, there is a default setting of that we want to be told from an outside source of where when we're ready. Um, you know what to do, what to eat, what to think—all of these different things—and and all of these different practices lead us back into, well, we need to know where we are at and what we are ready for and what space we can hold. And I think you know, as you bring up the topic of holding space, I think that that term is um, it's just thrown around in this spiritual too community much. so much, way, and there's way there's too
1: fucking much, bro way there's, too much.
0: There's like just barnacles that are attached to it and just all this sh- yeah. um I think it's really important to redefine it and I know you just gave a little bit of a definition um I came up with my own definition as well. Uh but I think that that's something that we need to actually discuss and and really um hash out and and as far as my definition um I think that it's cultivating enough inner stillness and enough inner awareness that one can be not reactive, but responsible to whatever's being shown in front of you, you know, to, to having the ability to respond and not react. Like if something's, if something's coming up in front of you, you're able to respond accordingly, but not from a place of your own trigger. And I think that's probably exactly what you just said, if I sum it up, right
1: yes and it it is a it is a neurological function where you're able to not move into sympathetic arousal of yeah. adrenaline or noradrenaline um, and you're able to remain in a like a ventral vagal parasympathetic nervous system response, as opposed to being massively reactive. And that is a byproduct of being able to self regulate. And being yeah. able to self regulate is a byproduct of you doing your inner work, essentially, inner work mm-hmm. in a psychological and emotional work, but also your physiological work, how to regulate your body, your physiology, and you have awareness around that. And so many people say they hold space, um, they couldn't hold a fucking can of Coke. Like yeah. that, that's, that's the truth of it. Right. And I don't mean to be abrasive, but I do mean to be abrasive because it's it a big risk. It, it's a big risk that people take and they take it in arrogance or in ignorance and both, both dangerous. And I've been there before. I've been there myself where um, I've been in the arrogance and, and I've been in the ignorance and I've had some very close calls where, you know, a lot of shame has come up for me and a lot of nervousness and adrenaline dumps like, Fuck, that was a really near, that was a near miss. I, I took this person somewhere and this is, years in my my early years where i I, again ignorance and arrogance right um where i I wanted to take this person and my intention was to help them but it was it was too much you know mixed in with yeah um mixed in with uh i'm gonna i'm gonna show them how good i am you know i'm attached to what they think of me and me you know quote-unquote healing them and helping them yeah and and, and and it's all that's all ego and mm-hmm. so there's too much of that. And I'm, I'm going to, um, I actually did a video on this. It won't, it won't be released for a while, but I did a video on this on our industry, on the personal development industry and how there are narcissists in our industry. And there are individuals with very, that are very high on the narcissistic um, scale of narcissistic tendencies in terms of um, grandiose nar- narcissism and people that are, are very arrogant and egoic in this space and are making massive claims. Um, and part of that is space holding. Um, and they're making massive claims of what they can do for others. And at the end of it, we're, we're all in this together. Some of us carry certain skills and attributes and, um, and techniques and wisdom and insights and intuition um, that can really serve others. But ultimately, you are your own best teacher. You are your, your wisest guru. And what a in my from my perspective, what a good coach or practitioner or, or shaman or whatever does um, is is help unlock that within the individual and helps them see that. But first and foremost, creates a space of safety to do so, so that yeah. individual can regulate themselves right? Mm-hmm. keywords regulate themselves, themselves. You're not doing it for them. They are doing it. Yeah. And again, I'm going to come back to the basics here. In order for that to transpire in a really healthy way, guess what needs to happen? We need to do our own individual work, whether you're a mm-hmm. spiritual healer, whatever you, whatever title you have, a coach, a shaman, um, you know, a psychologist, a counselor, a therapist, whatever you are, we have to be responsible for our own inner work consistently. I I'm, I'm in it not every day because we need space and reprieve and, and yeah, quote unquote yeah. balance. Right. And there's way, but I'm, I'm open to the work consistently. And that and sometimes the work means, Hey, I need a, I need a break. I need a break from delving yeah. deep into my psyche and into my body, but I'm always open to the work. And I use that term always as an absolute term. Even when I'm not open to it, I'll come around and I'm always open to it. Like even, you know, Saturday we had um, my wife and I, Christine, our relationship is beautiful our relationship is in a great place and there are some areas that need evolving and improvement and so um we we have multiple coaches and we brought in one of our friends who's a very very good coach and also you know one of the best coaches i know and also a a very dear friend and she came in and she helped us navigate some stuff like did i really want to do the day before i didn't want to do it i couldn't be bothered i'm like i'm just tired i'm doing a lot in the world i don't really you know we already got coaches like do we really need this one as well like she's a good friend of our i was like "Eh, i'm open but i'm still resistant but come saturday i woke up i thought you know what this is probably needed if i've got resistance to it there's there's something in here because it wasn't the resistance of it was a charged resistance it wasn't the resistance of no i just i honestly just don't feel we need this right now because at the end of the day if my wife feels she needs some help and some intervention or some mediation or whatever then it's needed full stop like and if yeah. I feel the same and she doesn't, then it's something's. We need we need mm-hmm. something to to help see ourselves and each other from a different way. So I woke up Saturday morning I'm like yeah, I'm I'm really more open to this. And it was a beautiful session. It, it really was. It was tough things that were said, but it was a beautiful mm-hmm. session. So none of us are immune to this. I think we're all you know we're all in the work. If we've got a heartbeat and our eyes are open and we're breathing, we're in the work. We're alive. We're, we're growing. And so I, I think we have to take all of that into account when we're making decisions about how we're presenting in the world. And, you know, again, a few years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, you know, I started this journey of helping people and serving people in this way in different dynamics. You know, I'm 39 now at the age of 22. So I've been in this space a long time and for the majority of the time I was, you know, I wasn't practicing what I was preaching. I wasn't living in my own integrity. I was able to help some people, but it only got so far and, and I was, I was really in, in, in arrogance and ignorance, a lot of ignorance. Mm. Um, and I'm not in a place now where I think I know it all. Not at all. I, I think the, you know, that old saying, I think it was Socrates. that said this, that the more, you know, the less, you know, that's how it feels, right? <laughs> it's like yeah. The more we, more <laughs> we know, the more personally, the more I think I know it opens up Pandora's boxes into all these other areas. I'm like, Oh man, there's so much more to yeah. to know. And also to integrate like to actually, mm. you know, wisdom and knowledge to different things. Um, and, and it's, it's coming from that infinite curiosity, I think is very important for us as um, people that are in a space, like yourself, like space holders, whatever we want to call each ourselves.
0: Mm. Absolutely brother. And I, I think it's, it's such a testament um, for you being someone at the forefront in this relationship space, in this, you know, uh, space holding for men and for women, um, for relating specifically to, um, doing the work yourself, just like you said, you know, like, and I think that that every time you do the, uh, you do sessions, perhaps with your wife or yourself, I'm sure that takes your work even deeper and even further because you start to uncover more. Um, And you speak from such a way that you can just tell that you've gone through this yourself. You know, I I don't think that anybody could speak on that level um, without really um, spending some time and breaking this down. So I I just want to honor you for that brother.
1: Thank you, appreciate it, man. It's been a, it's definitely been a journey, that's for sure. It and it doesn't stop. <laughs> no, it doesn't, and it, it it doesn't. That that's the thing, it doesn't stop. And I think we, you know, we keep creating new baselines for ourselves when we're open to growth. You know, it's. I do not take it lightly when, you know, the majority of my one-on-one clients um, are female. I have a. It's, it's not that much more, but it, it's generally always a little more. You know, like sixty yeah. percent female. 40% male, 65, 35 or 55, 45, whatever, something like that. Right. Usually that's what it is. Um, and I do not take it lightly. Oh, and you know, Christine and I, my wife have a, an amazing program called be the queen, which is primarily for, for women searching for love. And it's a lot of Christine's story. And I'm in a space where there's so many women in that container and we journey for four months together, and I do not take lightly what a tremendous honor that is to be in a container like that where I'm the only male in you know hundreds of females and and holding really genuinely holding that space and, and being mirror back and so many of these women have been deeply hurt by the masculine and I couldn't do that a number of years ago I just couldn't no. I, 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 I thought probably thought I could have. But I I physically couldn't, and and I was just so far out of integrity. I just couldn't. And so it's a reflection of, you know, if we do that inner work, we can come very far. And it it shows and demonstrates in the lives that we live and and how we experience people and how people experience us and the opportunities and the circumstances that come to us, but also that we co-create and create for ourselves and for the world. And so it's so important that we also acknowledge you know how when we make and I'm not saying you have to um, celebrate every win because there's a on a side side tangent um, from a, a dopaminergic perspective, um, celebrating every win may not actually be the best thing for us in terms of yeah. what's happening hormonally. That's another conversation, but um, you know it, it's it's important to acknowledge and recognize where we are as individuals and where we were. And, and not so much what we did, that's important, what we did and, and who we became to, to be who we are today, but just to acknowledge the gap. And so, wow, like I have really grown. And, and, and we can do that in a non-egoic way. We can do that in a non-arrogant way. And that, that's also important because when we acknowledge that, we give ourselves permission to be more of that in the world. And so when we're talking about space holding or talking about being in integrity, it reinforces that notion of, oh, yeah, this is who I really want to be in the world. This, is, this feels in alignment.
0: Mm. absolutely absolutely brother absolutely um (laughs) the self-inquiry practices like do you have any specific day-to-day practices and this was a, a really interesting concept that um obviously you know daily disciplines i think are incredibly important but at a certain point do you feel like doing the same thing over and over and over again like you reach a certain point where you don't necessarily have to do that anymore does your day-to-day patterns fluctuate as far as your own self-inquiry practice or do you have you know, quarterly check-ins weekly monthly for yourself and maybe for your relationship if you're okay to share a little bit of that
1: of course you have open book uh, I definitely have daily practices. I, I I mean to answer part of your question, and and I have regular check-ins with myself personally, me and me, and all the parts of me, and then also in our relationship as well. And we we generally do that on a on a daily and or weekly basis, where we're really checking. We're very tuned to um, each other's needs and what's happening, and we we um, we're very active and proactive in. Um, ensuring we have that space to communicate and connect and share when we need to, right? Yeah. Um. And not only when we need to being reactive, but being more responsive and diligent with it. So, for example, we you know we'll have a night a week where, um, it's really just for us to, you know, we we turn everything off. Um, there's you know, we try to make it dark, some candles. And it is not, not so much for sensuality, although it can lead to, to um, sex and it can lead to lovemaking and all that, but it's more, okay, let's have, we're having a check in now. Like we're setting the, the scene, we're setting the mood in a very yeah. safe space, very, a very easy environment. Like is there anything on your heart? Is anything on your mind? Or maybe it's none of that, but we're creating the space for it. Maybe we're just sitting there reading together or we're doing some, some intimate practices together, whatever it may be. Right. So that's, that's definitely there for me, daily practices. And I want to, I want to say something came to me when you asked about, you know, do you essentially I'm paraphrasing here, but you know, your daily practices sometimes may have a use by date. And I just wonder, I, I don't know if we, a live long enough and b give ourselves enough time to, to genuinely connect to the truth of, oh, this daily practice is done now. (laughs) <laughs> like I'm done with this daily practice. I don't know if it's like a, a boredom thing or more of a boredom thing or ego thing or restlessness thing of the mind. Yeah. Um, like even if you're doing something for 30 years, like, oh, I'm done with this now. Is 30 years even enough? Is 30 years enough to get the value of, yes, the intrinsic value of that daily practice? Absolutely. There's, lots of, there's layers of value, right? Yeah. But in terms of some objective finality of value, I don't know if we have enough time to even, and is that even real? I'm just philosophically rambling. No, totally. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I'll provide you the opposite side of that. And, and, uh, because I do think that I do think that most of us probably err on the side of not taking things far enough and not actually putting those disciplines into practice. Um, but as far as the body, you know, I've been a manual therapist for a long time neuromuscular therapist. And as far as a physical level, um, uh, they call it repetitive stress injury for a reason, and most yeah. of the time people that are uh, the, their bodies are fucked up it's uh, it's they're doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, and then the body starts to um, adapt to that specific thing. so I think there's a a, a necessary um, variety that the body craves as well
1: mm, mm, great
0: um, but then also like if you want to see actual growth like physical growth, I think your body also craves um, a certain programming or a certain, um, you know, uh, a rhythm routine as well. Uh, it starts to attune to that rhythm and routine. So I, I, it's most of the times it's not one or the other. It's usually a combination of both. Yes. Um, but yeah, brother, I, I really appreciate, uh, you know, another term that's thrown around is how integrated you are. Uh, because I, I remember the first time I, I met you, uh, I, I saw you out there slinging kettlebells and you know, doing the cold plunge. And, and just hearing you speak, um, you, know, you talk about a lot of the, uh, the nervous system aspects of what's going on when, like, for, say, holding space, you know, attuning our actual um, nervous system and not uh, being triggered into a sympathetic response. And I just think that that's really important to have both of those understandings, this, the psychological understanding of what's going on, but also the physical, um, because I th- I think in the spiritual community, or I know that, uh, and here goes another term is bypassing. Uh, we bypass mm-hmm. <laughs> evolutionary biology and understanding um, yes. what's going on a physical level. Yes. And um, that's where a lot of that catharsis and a lot of that uh, discharging of energy physically is is really needed as well um so i just i just want to say i appreciate you know your integrative approach on it and have you always been that way or have you swung the pendulum to like one side more like what what do you feel and maybe that's not the right question like what do you feel like you're really interested in and learning now to like make yourself more integrated
1: yeah um I don't know if it's always been like that at this level. I'm of the belief that any therapy, um, at least from a Western framework, any psychological intervention uh, is almost fruitless and mute unless the physiology can regulate itself. It's just, it's just otherwise it's just, it's compounding in and of itself and it's, it's doing more damage than good. It's right.
0: knowledge without experience.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, I won't necessarily because I've I've been witness to and experienced personally some uh, I don't know very interesting experiences to say that's the term to use in terms of connecting to the immaterial, the unknown, the the spirit um, source. Um, that's beyond some mental comprehension, so to speak. Um, but in that as well, there was this deep gnosis, this deep, deep connection to, wow, um, I am regulated here. So I, I think even in that, the 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 aflatus of that, like the spiritual revelation that came through simultaneously gave me an opportunity to regulate my physiology as well. Um, and it sort of went hand in hand. So there's a lot that I think we don't know as as mm. as human beings right and we don't understand <laughs> and that scares us um including our mortality and our death and 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 life and death and the cycle of that if there is a there's just so much unknown right Um, and there's a great deal of known but compared to what's unknown i would say you know it's an it's an, an, an infinite abyss um and again that can't be quantified so to speak because we don't know what we don't know but that's this is what it feels like i think for thousands and thousands of years whether you 've been a, a, um, a philo- an ancient philosopher or, or a modern modern neuroscientist or um, you know someone that studies cosmology a cosmologist whatever you 're probably going to say that to some degree um, for me as I said regulating the physiology is everything and anything done before that it's it's somewhat pointless and can do more damage.
0: Hmm. What, what are you currently studying to help you understand that? Because I feel like that, I mean, we can read all of the science behind that. And, and I think that, um, you know, lately I've been, I've been running, uh, somatic release breath work, uh, trainings for people, Um, for coaches specifically, they, they need to be vetted, um, that they are Mm -hmm. some sort of coach or facilitator already, uh, which has been a a process in itself because I've had people come in that have taken, you know, 20 courses and, and still really are quite shitty at holding space. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think it is such an experiential is, is such an experiential piece. Like you can't learn it until you're in it i think that you can study all of it so where or what have you personally been studying for that or or experientially or knowledge wise to help you understand that regulation of the physiology
1: so i I work with i mean my days are full with working with clients one-on-one capacity couples uh, group work like all of that so um you know large groups holding space for that i'm a breath work facilitator as well. So, yeah. um, and somatic facilitator. I mean, um, what have I studied? I've, I've studied I almost just want to say, just go to my LinkedIn. You'll be able to see what yeah. I've studied there, but my background's in behavioral science and psychology. Ultimately. Um, I've done a lot of work with veterans and spec ops guys, um, elite special forces, soldiers, you know, got Olympians, gold medalists, elite fighters, people that are, are very much in the extremes, environmental extremes and what happens in those situations, physiologically mm. um, and mentally as well, and the integration of their emotions and how they handle themselves and how they basically survive as well. So I've done, I've worked with in homeless men's homeless shelters as well as part of my university degree. Um, did a lot of work there um, working with, in mental health, working in the prison systems. So experientially I've done a lot of that, a lot's an arbitrary term. I've done that. Um, at the moment, I'm just about to embark on uh, a PhD. So I've got a master's degree as well. So I'm about to embark on a PhD in trauma and relationships. I'm trying to figure out exactly what, because you, you know, with a PhD sort of have to go down a niche. So I'm just trying to, I'm just in the process of figuring out "Mm, what niche do I want to go down, but that gives me enough breadth because I'm a breadth person and I'm a depth person, but I want both. And so I'm going to try and make it so I can have both. Right. Um, And I'm also um, in the process of even now, just like a certified clinical trauma specialist and and doing a course in that from an accredited um, trauma Institute. And I'm going to uh, embark on um, somatic experiencing as well by Dr. Peter Mm. Levine. So, you know, and there's just some of the stuff I'm doing now, and I've done a heap of other things in the past as well. Um, But constantly educating myself, man, experientially and knowledge base as well, you know, and putting into practice what I'm learning too. Um, and I'll do, and I'll do more breath work facilitation too, because I just, I just love it and I enjoy, and I enjoy the science behind it and the physiology behind it and what's happening um, consciously, you know, like in terms of people having these very cathartic spiritual experiences mm-hmm. through the activation of breath and what that does to the body, but also what that, what is that doing to the mind? What is that unlocking? What is it revealing? What are we, what are we able to deal with? Like all of that.
0: Why do you think that is specifically with the breath work? Cause that's like, that's, I see that almost every session. It's like all of that. It gives the body an opportunity to have that sort of physiological discharge, but it also, you know, people start to see and maybe Mm. not necessarily relive the trauma, but it it brings up all of those um, defense systems that they've accumulated through the years. Why do you think specifically with that breath work, people experience that?
1: Depending on the nature of the breath work and the technique, it can, it can mimic a, a form of hyperventilation. Hyperventilation places our nervous system in a particular response, right? Like a sympathetic nervous system response. And then there's, there's something that the breath does physiologically with, with that, that activates or accesses implicit memory. And so mm. when that implicit memory is activated, particularly in, you know, in the hippocampus and in the certain brain re- regions of the brain that, that hold that and regions of the body, then there's a release there that comes. And it's not always a, a very conscious aware thing, but we're making the implicit explicit. We're making the unknown known and that, that can be pretty powerful. And hence the very the deep emotional release. Mm.
0: Absolutely, brother. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. Thank you so much for dropping in. I can't wait to speak to you again, dude. Uh, yeah, I'll probably see you at Sacred Sons as well if you're going to be there.
1: I can't make it this time, man. I've so, so much yeah. on uh, Disappointed. I, I know you're. Yeah. I know
0: you're a busy brother. I actually um, am in the process of trying to figure out how I can make it as well. Uh, yeah. but once again, dude, thank you so much for your knowledge, your experiential wisdom and all the stuff that you do out in the world, dude, it, I can just, I can feel it through the screen. It's, it's tangible. Thank um, you, I what, it. what can people look forward to next from you? How can they contact you? Um, work with you perhaps. I know of you're course. a busy guy. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Where do you, you want can- to lead them?
1: Yeah, you can jump to, jump on my website, um, com or s t e f S-T-E-F.com. Um, and my, you know, any of my show, social channels at stephanossefandos. I have a couple of great things coming up. Um, my wife and I in, in June have a relationship weekend. It's not just for couples, definitely for couples, but people that are wanting to be in relationship and wanting to learn new relationship tools and techniques, that's going to be past a weekend. It'll be like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's going to be, that's super exciting in June. Um, and I have a, at the end of the year in October, I'm teaming up with a very good friend of mine, Munsell, and, um, we have a, an opportunity for men to come together, five day immersive experience, a lot of shadow work, uh, Mm. living off the land, nature, hunting, very, very exciting, sacred hunting. Ah. Um, and that's in October as well. Um, so you can find all of that on my web, all that information on my website
0: amazing brother thank you again so much it was an honor and i appreciate you have a beautiful rest of your day brother thank you brother you too
1: Bye. Blessings.